still my soul. Hey everybody, this is Phil. Welcome to our Bible study podcast. At the end of this study, please take the time to subscribe to the Glen Springs Church YouTube channel and check out our website. Also, if you live in the Gainesville, Florida area, we would love to have you visit us in person. For now, let's open up the Heavenly Library and may the words of the Holy Spirit sink deep into our hearts. Thanks for joining us. In every All right, if you're new to us, uh, we are discussing the Holy Spirit and uh, how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And uh, we are just looking at some passages and allowing the Holy Spirit to explain Himself to us because the Holy Spirit gave us the Word, right? So uh, we're letting the Holy Spirit uh, describe uh, how He works, and then we're letting everybody participate and share in comments as we go. We're in Romans chapter 8 tonight. Romans chapter 8, which is a wonderful passage uh, dealing certainly with the Christian walk, but also how the Holy Spirit lives in us. And I gave Jan the heads up. Oh, there you are. You're back. Oh, you're back. You're right there in front of me. These, I've got the wrong glasses on. These are my to see you glasses. That's how this works. Oh, now you're clear. There we go. These are the 1.0s. And these are like the 15.0s, so I can see uh, right what's in front of me. So Jan's going to read for us. We'll begin reading in chapter 8. And Jan, if you would, please, let's just do like we did last time. Let's read the first 17 verses. So Romans 8, 1 to 17. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit of life, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, 
by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Thank you. Well done. All right, I'll ask you the same question I did last week. What jumped out at you? Notice anything different or anything uh, maybe jumped out at you different? This was kind of how we began class last week. So what did you see in there that just, whoop, just kind of jumps out at you? Yeah, it, it is. That's funny you should say that because as you were reading here, I was trying not to follow along. I was just trying to listen. Uh, and it's choices, life, death, spirit, flesh, uh, debtors, sons. Uh, it was you, you, tons of contrast there. I thought, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Choices. What else? The word set. Set. You know, jumped out at me when it says if you're if you're set on the flesh. And I think of like concrete being set. It's this firm permanence of almost like a hardening of the heart if you're set that way. And I, some of the, the things that I think of is like, you know, we all struggle with fleshly thoughts and fleshly desires, but when you're set on something, it's almost this hardening, this purposeful defiance. I know that jumped out at me. Yeah, verses eight and nine. Yeah, mind that is set on the flesh. I mean, set on the flesh. I mean, we've all probably been there, haven't you? You got your mind set on something, and it's just not good, and you know, it's hard for you to see anything else because, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Set. I haven't looked at that word in the Greek, but it, it probably does have that concept of concrete or whatever. Yeah, Mike. It talks about Christ and the Spirit dwelling within us, and I don't know. Well, I mean, if we look at the trilogy, if you look at uh, deity in, in the Godhead, Father, Son, Spirit, uh, if they're all unified together to have God in you is to have Jesus in you, right? And to have the Spirit in you is to have Christ in you. Yeah, I, I would certainly say that that's, that's, you know, the Word dwells in you. What does that mean? Well, the Spirit dwells in you. You know, and, and Jesus is the Word, right? And that's how John 1 1 begins? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why sometimes we want to talk about, especially some of the denomination of what we get all from this material. But you do see the, uh, the concept of the Spirit dwelling in us, and maybe it's the same way. That's a way of looking at it. Uh, Christ dwelling in you, the hope of glory, uh, as John says. All right, well, what else? Yes, sir. Departed, I like a lot. Where it says we haven't received the spirit of slavery, but a spirit of adoption. And if you look at the contrast again between slave being a slave and being an adopted son or daughter, there's a huge difference there in how you're treated and how you respond. Yeah, it's interesting you said those verse 12, debtors. Who wants to be in debt? You know? No, you want to be debt-free, right? Uh, and then slave, you know, slave, you want to be a slave to the flesh, you know? No, 
No, I, uh, Romans 6, what's interesting in Romans 6, Paul uses the same thing, but instead of being a slave to sin, a slave to righteousness, you know, but you're not indebted anymore if you're in righteousness. So I love that. Great, great, great idea, Rick. All right, anybody else? As what Jeff said, the same goes where we are set on following the Spirit. It is easier to stay the course if we're firmly set and not just, oh, kind of sort of. Yeah. Oh, let's go to the first altar. Forgive me, Vaughn. Go ahead. Yeah. This is apply to me, and there's so many yous in here that there's no doubt that this is applying to you. You know, it's like you and you and you, and it's just like oftentimes in scripture, ah, now this, no doubt. Yeah, and this is very tangible and practical. If we go back to chapter seven, remember Paul found himself in that quandary: the things that I don't want to do. I do the things I know I should be doing. I don't do the struggle with the flesh, you know, but thanks be to God. He, and, and, and then he launches straight from that into a life in the spirit. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's definitely part of it. All right, anybody else? All right, real quick, just for those who weren't here last week, uh, if you have your handout, let me just fill in the first few blanks. We did the first section uh, before we ran out of time last week, and we end at five till, right? I know it tonight. I, I'll still probably make the same excuse, but at least I'm giving myself a head start uh, instead of the top of the hour. So filling in the blanks, here we go. When we live by the Spirit, we trust in the victory of Jesus Christ, letter A. We are set free from the condemnation of of sin. What a wonderful thought that is. When our life is in the Spirit and we are living with a Spirit-filled life, remind yourself you're set free from the condemnation of sin. Letter B, we're set free from the law of sin and death. All right, we're set free from the law of sin and death. Uh, the way Paul uses law here. Is, is more of in what you might consider a negative connotation from the standpoint that law points out your imperfection. Law is what shows you sin. Law what, uh, in a way, is, is, is condemning you. Uh, and, and, but when you're set free from sin, you're freed from that law. You're freed from that death, the condemnation that comes with it. Letter C, we're set free by Jesus' sacrifice in the flesh. What we could not do in the flesh, Jesus did. And it was our Lord in the flesh, and that's an important point from the standpoint that deity became flesh and dwelt among us. And while we, as, as John will say, beheld his glory full of grace and truth, it was in the flesh that Jesus redeemed us. It was in the flesh that he became the perfect sacrifice. And so we're set free from what Jesus could do in the flesh, but we cannot. And then the, the last point, the asterisk, the main point of that little section is, as we walk in the Spirit, all right, as we walk in the Spirit, we're reminded of the righteousness in Christ. We're reminded of the righteousness in Christ. And so I, I just have a couple of notes that I put uh, in my paper here. We need to remember 
the power of the Spirit and of the Lord and of God at our baptism, that the old man died. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves of that. You know, former Phil died. He no longer lives. Now, I may still see resemblance of him every now and then. But I think one of the things we really need to do by faith, and this takes faith, is accept the salvation that's given to us. I, I had a, a young lady, and poor thing, I, I, she just grew up in a challenging home life. Uh, have you ever heard of the Home Alone series? This girl was literally home alone from the ninth grade all the way through high school. Her parents were separated. Her mom had nothing to do with them. And her dad was a construction worker, and he worked out of town, and he just left her money. Can you imagine? Well, she lived the life that any other high schooler would live being home alone. It was just the life. But there were people who had interest in her who were always a part of her life and touching her. And when she got off the college after a bad car accident, she decided to look for spiritual things and these good friends were reaching out to her. And long story short, she became a Christian. But her baggage from the previous life was so hard to shake. I ended up baptizing her three times. <laughs> I just said, you're good. You got to accept that you're good. I never want to say no to somebody who really, you know what I'm saying? This is between them and the Lord. But it came to the point where you've got to trust the Lord. And sometimes that's our biggest challenge of faith is to be able to say by the grace of God and by the blood of Jesus, I'm good, I'm saved. And so, and so it's, it's, it's understanding that the Spirit tells us this. That, that, that's, that's in the Word. You know, I bet nobody here would argue with the Apostle Paul being good. Anybody? But don't you know that was a struggle throughout his life, seeing himself certainly as the chief of sinners and, and literally being responsible for the persecution of Christians? And he's the one writing to us. Does that make sense? All right, so, so as we walk in, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's a great job. hear what Charlie said? God's forgiven me. Why can't I forgive myself? Well, you need to. It's, it's called faith. And that's faith. You take him at his word, and that's what his word tells us. All right? All right, so we go on. This is verses 5 through 8. All right, when we live by the Spirit, okay? And notice, everything's about living by the Spirit, right? When we live by the Spirit, we abhor fleshly desires. Now, I want you to just make a quick point before I get in, fill in the blanks. That doesn't mean that you don't practice fleshly desires every now and then? I mean, isn't that what LJ just reminded us of? I mean, I'm Phil. I'm a confessed selfish person. That fair? Yeah? Anybody with me? You know, yeah? I struggle with selfish. All right. But I hate it when it happens. And I hate it when I see it in others. And I hate when I see it. So what, what we need to remind ourselves is this, letter A. Flesh... The flesh is no longer our master and desire. 
The things of the flesh. Uh, Robert's going to teach the class next week, so we're going to take a break on the spirit. But when we get back, anybody want to guess where we're going to go? Things of the flesh, things of the spirit, things of Galatians 5. Yeah, Galatians 5. The flesh is no longer my master and my desire. It's no longer my master and my desire, all right? No one to have a mind set on the flesh. No maybe set on the flesh anymore, all right? The mind of the flesh, I need to get that out. That, let that man die. Let her be. The flesh, and, and here's the point. A life in the flesh will only lead to selfishness, sin, and death. It's a principle of the path. Life in the flesh will only lead to selfishness, sin. It always leads to the same place. Anybody ever get aggravated when you were growing up and somebody would say, I know where this is headed? And you're like, no, it didn't. No, I know where this, no, you don't. I know where this is headed. Yeah. And you know why that person could say that? Been there, done that. Been there, done that. I've seen it many, many times before, you know. Uh, I guess being my age now, it, it's kind of funny when you're sitting there talking to somebody and they're going through challenges and you go, I, I, I bet when you thought that this happened, they went, oh, yeah. And you said, and, and then when you did this, this, yes. It was, oh, you're so smart. No, I've just done it myself. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen this because it always leads to the same place. Don't think you can pull up the roadmap and change it just because that's your intention. Direction, not intention, leads to a destination. All right, so the flesh is only going to lead to selfishness, sin, and death. Let her see. The flesh will not, and if you'll understand, underline that, the flesh will not lead to life and peace. The flesh and the things of the flesh will not lead to peace. It never, ever, ever, ever does. All right? The flesh will not solve fleshly problems. I mean, isn't that what our society is always trying to do? Solve fleshly problems with things of the flesh? You know? You know how to solve this problem? You put more money into it. Then solve it when it's a heart problem. You, you can't fix problems with all the challenges in the world by just throwing a program at it. Almost every single problem is going to go back where? To the heart. What's in the heart? And the flesh will never lead to life and peace. Boy, that's so important to remember. I mean, when people get distracted often generally ungodly relationships. We're thinking this is great, thinking this is great, and boy, it always ends bad, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. With recidivism, however that said, yeah. is so much greater than any of the other worldly efforts to, we're going to modify your behavior, control your environment, you're going to do all this other stuff. But the spiritual answer, when there's a ministry going on and people are being converted and coming into relationship with God, works and the evidence is there by the by the level of those people being able to maintain a life outside of criminality. 
And, and do we not fall into this trap sometimes? We get so consumed with the political changes or political problems. If we have this program, if we have this law, if we have this person, then it's going to change. No, it won't. No, it won't. It's got to come from the inside out. If you really want to change the world, you just go share the gospel with one person. Change, help that one person see the light of God's word. The flesh will never lead to life and peace, all right? Uh, if you'll notice, if you'll look into this, notice verse seven. This is so important here, all right? Not only will it not lead to life and peace, notice what Paul says. A mindset on the flesh is, it's what? Hostile to God. Yeah, it's definitely death but it's going to war with God. Oh, that's, no wonder people are so upset. I mean, let's, let's just bear in mind, a lot of people who are struggling with sin and trying to hold on to sin, their life is turmoil because it can't be anything else. It literally cannot be anything else because their hostility is toward God, and they cannot please God in the flesh. So the Spirit reminds us, and this is important, and remember, the Spirit is reminding us of the pain of sin and it will not please God. The Spirit reminds us of the pain of sin and it will not please God. I tell you, if we could ever just simply learn the lesson by allowing the Spirit to teach us before we have to learn it the hard way, life would be so much better. All right? So what you actually see here, and, and this is kind of what I have in my notes to the side, is Paul speaking to our hearts. And, and generally, the heart is also a reference to the mind in Scripture. When it says the mind... Set your mind on things above, you know. It, it's really, that's a reference to the heart, not just knowledge, but letting it get deep into your heart. And so it also, it's also going to appeal to your conscience. Can I change my conscience and allow my conscience or let the Lord change my conscience? Uh, and, and so that's, that's important there. And, and, and we need to remember, we need to remember that Daily, we're asking the Lord that his spirit will live in us. Live in me. May, may, your, may your spirit dwell in me today. May your words dwell in me. May, may I have a heart for you. So that's, so that's important to see because that's, that's really the first section there is all about the challenges with the flesh. All right, any comments on the first eight verses? All right, nine through 11. When we live by the spirit, okay, You'll notice it's a paragraph change. You notice, y'all notice that in your Bibles? When we live by the Spirit, we're controlled by the Spirit, all right? And so letter A, the Spirit dwells in us when we allow Him to control us, all right? Uh, the Spirit of God, and we can look at this many ways, all right? We can talk about all the different ways he dwells in us. But when we surrender ourselves to God's word, to God's spirit, 
we're saying control me, control me. Uh, You'll notice the word dwelling there, Uh, verse 9. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Anybody want to give me another definition, another way to say dwell? What would dwelling be? Lives, all right. Abides. Abide, dwelling. What does that sound like? Home. It's home, yeah. And he lives in us, the same thing, but it's, Makes his home, this is, where, this is where I live. Lord, may you dwell in me. And, and here's the interesting, our Lord does not dwell in temples made by hands, right? Where does he dwell? Within us, within us. The Spirit dwells in us when we allow him to control us, let her be. The Spirit dwells in us, all right, when we trust in his righteousness, now, this is important, trust in his righteousness. Um, one of the challenges, and I tell you, our group of college students right now are the bomb. Let me just tell you, they are the bomb. We have a great group, but it hasn't always, it, it's, it's a challenging age to work with because we're living in a time in which young people, even young people growing up in the church, do not see a problem with sin. And here's what I mean. Not that they're going to practice it, but why should we all get upset about it? What's going on in the world right now with uh, the transgender uh, or even all the rights and the demand for, why should we be concerned? Let people do what they want. It really doesn't matter. Well, that attitude, that attitude, and I get it. I get it. There's a desire for great compassion there and mercy, and that's certainly the way we need to be. But if the Lord calls it sin, I need to abhor it. And it needs to be at any level something that I run from and do not approve. Okay, not that you fight against people. But we can easily fall into a trap of acceptance and what that's going to lead to once I accept sin, even in the lives of others, then I'm eventually going to be more likely to what? participate in that myself. Because if it's not wrong for you, then it's especially not going to be wrong for me. And, and, and the point is, we're redefining righteousness in our nation. We're redefining right. And it's scary. So when I live with a life in the Spirit, I'm trusting in the righteousness of Jesus, and I'm trusting in the boundaries that He set, and I'm trusting in not only who He is, but His Word. So let her, let her uh, see here. The Spirit dwells in us when we are resurrected by His power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that raises me, all right? Um, I, I couldn't help but think, especially when you read passages like this, about the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, uh, and the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies. You ever wonder what Jesus thought when he walked by a cemetery? I always wonder if he kind of smiled and went, just wait, just wait. Remember when uh, Jesus was uh, crucified, what happened? Oh, ooh, that had to be quite the day. <laughs> Uncle Henry, you're back. 
Uh, you know, you know, what's going on here? Uh, but the whole point was, the whole point was, the power of the Lord's resurrection gave all men for all time who walked with the Lord life. Life. So much so that there's no fear of death. How should the Christians see the cemetery? <laughs> ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. It's not my home. That's where I'm going to be. That's why the Apostle Paul often refers to it as just being asleep. Ah, they're just asleep. You know, because there's a resurrection there. Here's what we need to remember. The same power that raised him from the dead is the same power of the Lord it works in us when we submit to the will of the Spirit of God. All right? That's a powerful thought, isn't it? And so, the, to me, the, the section here is, I'm sorry, let me say something. Right. The Spirit gives life to mortal man when he dwells in us. The Spirit gives life to mortal man when he dwells in us. Um, Here's a contrast for you between life and death. I got to watch my clock here. Anybody know what uh, they call men or say of men who are on their way from their jail cell to death row? Dead man walking. I want you to think about it like this. There's a lot of dead men walking in this world, aren't they? They don't have Jesus. They don't have life. They don't have the spirit of God. Dead man walking. Not us. Not us. Remember, it's the Spirit, the Spirit who has given life to your mortal body. And so then the last section, okay? When we live by the Spirit, we are children of God. All right? Now, this is the, this is the important section. All of it's important, but to me, this is very important. The Spirit leads us to the will of God and obedience. The Spirit leads us to the will of God and obedience. Notice verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Uh, we belong to the Lord, is the point. Now, obedience. What have a lot of people done in the religious world to the word obedience? What if you just demand obedience? What if we say, you really need to obey, you've got to obey the Lord, obeying the Lord's imperative, you can't do it. What happens? What if somebody who demands obedience, what are they often called sometime? What happens to them? They're a legalist. Isn't that interesting? Now, it's always if that's negative. So if you're not a legalist, what are you? An illegalist. Is that what you want to be? Is that your option? Oh, I don't want to be a legalist. I would rather be an illegalist. No. Here's the point. Obedience is not legalism. Obedience is a life in the Spirit. Obedience is what the Spirit is trying to do in every single one of us, that we will walk with the Lord and no longer in the flesh. Remember Paul's big challenge in Romans 7? The things I want to do, I don't want to do. What is he? I need obedience. 
May your spirit work in me. Don't, please don't let the world tell you obedience is a bad word. It's not. In fact, Jesus says it like this in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey my commandments because I'm living in you when you obey me, all right? And so then letter B, the Spirit leads us to the assurance that God is our Father. And this is a beautiful thought here, all right? I've read a ton of commentaries on this Abba Father. Uh, what, what, have what have y'all heard about the Abba Father? It can, it can be a term of affection, you know, a father of father, you know, like that. What else? It's actually Aramaic is what it is, the Abba, Father. Uh, in fact, if you were to read this, it would almost be repetitive. It, uh, Abba is Father in Aramaic, and then he says Father here in the Greek, Father, Father. Uh, but it's, it's that deep, it, it, it refers to a great affection and close relationship. All right. Um, Anybody here ever made the mistake of getting between a, a cub and mama bear? Yeah, 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 that's a bad place to be. It's a bad place to be. Even now, it doesn't matter what age mama bear is. That's her cub. Never going to your cub. There's an affection there. God is our father. God is our father. And so the Spirit assures us of that relationship, and we are led by the Spirit. We are sons of God. Now, let me ask you this, getting back to that previous thing about uh, the challenge of accepting forgiveness and everything. I know most of us are pretty firm with our kids, all right? Don't embarrass me, you know. But are you also not very gracious with your kids? Second chances, third chances, fourth chances. If you can understand that relationship, then you understand how God sees you, all right? And so it's a father relationship. And then thirdly, see, the Spirit assures us of our inheritance in Christ. Because if you're his father, I mean, if he's your father, then you're his child, and therefore you are his heir, and, and to me, this, this, this should speak to us greatly. Uh, LJ's point, selfishness is to covet what is not yours, right? If you're a child of God and you are getting all that is God's and you are his heir, what are you going after anything for? He, he, he's offering you money. In fact, he's going to offer you things that last forever. Why are you arguing over little trinkets? You know? It's like, well, I'm like, take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese. And we're going crazy for the little rubber lizard to spend $35 getting tickets. And you get up there and you take all your tickets thinking you're going to get the new Xbox. No, you've only got enough tickets for the rubber lizard. And it means the world to them. You're like, it's a rubber lizard. I spent $35 on this. I only want to think how God looks at us as we covet things. You're coveting the rubber lizard. You're an heir of God. And then last, the Spirit gives us the confidence 
If we got all this confidence now, this is where it leads. The Spirit gives us the confidence that we need to suffer with Him. Because when we suffer with Him, we'll be glorified with Him. And then notice verse 18, for I consider the sufferings of this present time not, are not worth comparing with the glory of the Spirit revealed to us. Spirit, dwell in me so that I can understand and know these truths and live them out in my life. All right, thank you all very, very much for your comments. Robert will be here next week. And uh, so two weeks from tonight, actually, Robert's going to have the class for a few weeks, but when I get back to teaching, uh, we'll go to Galatians 5. But thank you all very, very much. The Lord is in His holy temple. Again, thanks for listening. If you live in North Central Florida or you're just passing through, we would love to have you visit us at the Glen Springs Road Church of Christ. Also, check out our website, glenspringschurch.com. You can learn more about our church family and how to contact us. Until next time. God bless. Keep silence, peace.